the service of prayer and preaching for the 17th Sunday after Trinity, uh, October 9th, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 839, O Christ, Our True and Only Light. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God. 
God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Genesis, the first and second chapters. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, day one. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, 
and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 119. The whole world is in your power. O Lord, King Almighty, no one can gainsay you. For you have made heaven and earth. You are Lord of all. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your just decrees are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness give me life. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The whole world is in your power. O Lord, King Almighty, no one can gainsay you, for you have made heaven and earth. 
You are Lord of all. Reading from Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. According to the world, and sadly to many who call themselves Christians, there are some pretty controversial and downright silly things happening in our text this morning. We are reminded of the creation of the world by the one true God, the Holy Trinity, in six 24-hour days. We are told to put on this perceivably imaginary defensive armor that can withstand the schemes of the devil because, as we were reminded last week with St. Michael and all angels, we are to believe that there is more than this flesh-and-blood world. Then in John, we have before us the second sign in John, where a man is healed simply because Jesus said so. Jesus didn't lay eyes on him or touch him in any way beyond the invisible world of words, and yet this man was healed. No wonder the world thinks your words are crazy, and perhaps you start to believe it yourself. We are all about analytics and information and talking until we're blue in the face, and for what? Just to have more words and more messengers and more messages through which we are to wade. To better understand our gospel reading, you must first recall Jesus' first sign in John 2, where he turned the water into wine. This is what sets the stage for today. Jesus did his first sign, after which he went to Capernaum, then to Jerusalem. After spending some time there, he traveled throughout the Judean countryside, as well as through Samaria, before he turns back to go to Galilee. The last time he was here, a great miracle happened. In this small town, news had traveled fast, and Cana had become a growing attraction. One could travel there and walk the same road, touch the same spot, and sit at the same table, breathe the same air as the celebrity Jesus. Faith needed something upon which to hang its hat, so many would travel in hopes that these things would somehow strengthen their faith and make them feel better. It is here where we meet a man, a court official, most likely from the royal court of Herod Antipas, or a relative of the uh, royal family. This was not a, a quick trip down the road. It was quite a task for this man to set out to Cana in Galilee, and with a sick kid, no less. He heard of Jesus and the miracle at Cana. He was hoping there was something left in Cana. Maybe the healer was still there. Maybe there was some answer to fix his child. So in faith he goes. No doubt his faith is tested on the way. For sure it is tested by Jesus himself. Jesus receives the request of this man and instantly accuses him of shallow faith. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the very nature of faith. It is a living, active, always moving thing. Faith either increases as it is nurtured and fed, or it regresses as it gets sick, weak, frail, and in fear of death. 
There is a weird understanding of faith that is per perpetrated by the sinful nature, bolstered by the adversary and fortified by the world, that faith is a possession. It is understood by many that faith is something that is given and you possess it like a gold coin. The best way to keep it is to put it in a treasure chest, bury it in the sand, paint a big red X over the spot and draw a map so you don't forget where it is. This is not faith. This is a lifeless notion of God. It's a wish of who you want God to be. This is not faith. It's a super secret weapon that only can be used by the diamond in the rough. Faith is not simply an inanimate object. Faith is living. It has to be. It's not the nature of the enemy to be idle. My sinful nature is constantly attacking my thoughts, my words, and my actions towards you. The devil's custom is not to sit and scheme. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The Christian cannot sit around hearing and doing nothing. It behooves you to consider how you may fortify yourself. We heard from Ephesians, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Those are some serious enemies. The devil howls, and baptism, and he rages at the Lord's Supper. He is keen on destroying the word, undercutting, undermining, dividing, and conquering wherever he can get a nose. He taunts you to live as he does. He tempts you to use your words and actions to further build his kingdom. We're tempted to do this in our homes, with our spouses and children. We're tempted to do this in our places for work. We're tempted to do this in school. We're even tempted to do this at church, both in public forums such as voters' meetings and in more private settings away from the confines of this building. Wherever our vocations place us in God's service, we do well to be wary of our own glory and pride. We are to seek to honor God's kingdom, which speaks only one word, His. When it comes to man's word, different doesn't make it wrong, it just makes it different. Our entire lives are beset by these attacks. I love how Luther said it. When therefore the fire of faith is kindled and burns... When the devil feels it and becomes aware of it, he immediately grasps it with all his cunning, for he knows how his kingdom is endangered by it. Therefore he endeavors with great zeal to protect his kingdom and exerts himself to retain all under his obedience. Certainly it is, therefore, that when a person begins to believe, temptation and persecution will be sure closely to follow him. And if this does not occur, it's a sign his faith is not true and he has not tightly apprehended the gospel. For that rogue... The devil has a sharp vision and easily becomes conscious of the presence of a true Christian. Therefore, he exerts himself to entrap him and surrounds and attacks him on all sides, for he cannot bear that anyone should desert his kingdom. Therefore, it is dangerous to, leave, to live heedlessly, for the devil is likely to take us by surprise. We have many examples in Scripture recorded for our learning. Adam talked with God, yet came to ruin by a deceptive word of the adversary. Moses spoke with God face to face, yet succumbed to reason and carnal thoughts at the rock, fearing the unbelief of the people would dampen the sign and water would not flow. Aaron spoke with Pharaoh and was the instrument by which many plagues came upon Egypt. He walked through the Red Sea with walls of water on either side, yet loved the word of the people to build a false god, one they could see. 
Peter was strong in faith. He walked on the water with Jesus, yet when the wind and storm arose, he forgot the word and he lost his faith. Satan was given an opening by Peter and faith was torn out. Brothers and sisters, what do we learn? Faith is a tender thing. We so easily make a mistake and are liable to stumble, but the devil is watchful and prowls. Unless you exercise watchfulness, are constant in God's word and prayer, the adversary quickly sees his advantage. The reality is simple. Faith can have only one object. It cannot come from inside myself. It must come from without. Faith can only depend on Christ. The man in our text knew this, so he sought Jesus. He regarded Christ as the only one who could help his son. When challenged about seeking a sign from God, the man uh, persevered in faith. He expected all good and every benefit from Christ. The trial caused the man to stumble. No doubt he felt hurt. There was a rise to an element of doubt, and the fiery arrows slung by Satan rang loudly. That's it, guy. Go back home. He's not helping you. All of this was for naught. He doesn't really care. It's all of a sod. But the man, by God's grace and the Holy Spirit, was not ready to sink. He was not driven away to despair. The voice of God spoke more loudly. Lord, come before my child dies. His faith was still weak. He did not realize Jesus had the power to heal without being present. Jesus does not forsake this man. He simply does the same as he does for you. He speaks. Our outer nature is wasting away, but our inner nature is being renewed day by day. These slight momentary afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Our flesh looks at this earth and it sees death and pain, and so we are not driven to despair. God gives us faith. We see not as the world sees. Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. The word who calls all things into being is the same word who speaks life for this man's son, is the same word who became flesh and was crucified for you. It's the same word who died and rose for your life. It's the same word who joined himself to water and birthed you into the family of God. It's the same word who speaks life to you. It's the same word who joins himself to bread and wine and distributes his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sins, for life, and for salvation. Faith is given and sustained by this word. Faith is seen just as this man sees. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. See, faith hears the word of the Lord and simply believes it. There is no hidden meaning. Uh, meaning. There is no secret club or hierarchy where you move up the ladder to get the real story. God's salvation does not operate in secret so that your faith may be strengthened. Faith rests its hat on only one thing, Jesus. He is here in his word. He speaks to you even today. He is here in baptism. He will never forsake you as your baptism goes with you wherever you go. He is on this altar feeding you for when you go on your way. It matters not whether faith is strong or weak. It matters if it's present. God continues to deal with us in ways that our arrogance may be put down. Our pride may be stifled and our belief in self-superiority may be crushed and brought to nothing. Like Job, he may trim the hedges of protection and give the adversary a better shot. But this is all done for your good. It is done for your faith so that it may flee directly to Christ. 
While we battle not against flesh and blood, consider them simple military exercises where the bugs can get worked out and faith is strengthened in Christ. By God's grace, he works through organizations like the LWML who pray and work for various missions in the home and outside the home. They seek to strengthen women in their faith and in their vocations wherever they may be. The LLL seeks to do the same for men. While the world has so many competing messages, groups like these seek to keep the focus on Jesus. This is conveyed in the LWML pledge. In fervent gratitude for the Savior's dying love and his blood-bought gift of redemption, we dedicate ourselves to him with all we are and have. And in obedience to his call for workers in the harvest fields, we pledge him our willing service wherever and whenever he has need of us. We consecrate to our Savior our hands to work for him, our feet to go on his errands, our voice to sing his praises, our lips to proclaim his redeeming love, our silver and our gold to extend his kingdom, our will to do his will, and every power of our life to the great task of bringing the lost and the erring into eternal fellowship with him. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The office hymn is TLH 268, Zion mourns in fear and anguish. Will he not 
show forth compassion and again forgive transgression. Zion, sure thee do I love thee, thus to her the Savior saith. Though with many woes I prove thee, and thy soul is sad to death. For my troth is pledged to thee, Zion art thou dear to me. Deep within my heart I've set thee, that I never can forget thee. Let not Satan make thee craven, he can threaten but not harm. On my hands thy name is graven, and thy shield is my strong arm. How then could it ever be? I should not remember thee. Fail to build thy walls, my city, and look down on thee with pity. Ever shall mine eyes behold thee, on my bosom thou art laid. Ever shall my love enfold thee, never shalt thou lack mine aid. Neither Satan war nor stress, then shall mar thy happiness. With this blessed consolation, be thou found in tribulation. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, keep your household, the church, in continual godliness, that through your protection she may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve you in good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 834, O God, O Lord of heaven and earth.
God, O Lord of heaven and earth, thy living finger never wrote that life should be in aimless mota deathward drift from futile birth. Thy word meant life triumphant hurled in splendor through thy broken world since light awoke and life began thou hast desired thy life for man our fatal will to equal thee our rebel will wrought death and night we seized and used in pride full spite thy wondrous gift of liberty we housed us in this house of doom where death had royal scope and room until thy servant prince of peace breached all its walls for our release thou camest to our hall of death O Christ, to breathe our poison dare to drink for us the dark despair that strangled our reluctant breath. How beautiful the feet that trod, the road that leads us back to God. How beautiful! the feet that ran to bring the great good news to man. O Spirit, who didst once restore thy church that it might be again the bringer of good news to men breathe on thy cloven church once more that in these gray and latter days there may be those whose life is praise, each life a high doxology to Father, Son, and unto Thee.